0: Good morning. Today is Monday, March 7th, 2022. Today is the fourth day of Adar Sheni, the second month of Adar. Next week is Purim. And this is the month, we are finally in the month, about which our sages teach us, "Mishenichnes Adar Marbim Basimcha. When the month of Adar enters, joy increases. Now, as a simple statement, that means that this month contains the joy of Purim, a very joyous holiday. So this month has the joy of Purim. But on a more subtle level, this phrase teaches us an incredibly important lesson that's relevant to every single one of us, not only now, not only this month. But all year long. And it goes like this. You know, and maybe you experience very often when people see each other, especially in the morning, and they'll say, say to someone, have a good day. A very common phrase, have a good day. It's a nice thing to say. And I wish you to have a good day. I have a friend who always makes it a point to say, make it a good day. Marbim Basimcha does not mean that joy just happens on its own in this month. Marbim Basimcha is an active verb. It means it's an instruction do the work necessary to make this month filled with joy. And that means, and this is the underlying lesson that our rabbis are teaching us with this phrase, that feeling joy is not dependent on external circumstances. It is rather within our power it is for us to choose to be joyful, to to feel joy. At Yale University, there's a professor, and she's known as Yale's happiness professor. Dr. Laurie Santos is a psychologist, and she teaches a course at Yale University titled Psychology and the Good Life. And it is one of Yale's most popular courses of all time. She began a podcast titled The Happiness Lab. That podcast has been downloaded more than 64 million times. And in a recent interview, she said, Why are there so many happiness books and other happiness stuff and people are still not happy? Why is that? And she says, because it takes work. Because it's hard. And here's how she explains that. She says that our minds lie to us because we have very strong intuitions about what will make us happy. If we think to ourselves, what would make me happy at this moment? Our minds have a very good idea about that. And very often what our minds tell us is, go after some kind of stuff or change my circumstances in a certain way. But the problem is The intuitions that our mind gives us about what would make us happy, they're often wrong. For example, and I want to say in advance that by saying this, I am a hypocrite because I am guilty of this. More often than I would like to admit, okay, I'm a hypocrite. So I'm speaking to myself like I'm speaking to you. I have a busy day and it's kind of hectic and it's tiring and I'm a little annoyed with some things that are going on and I come home at the end of the day and what do I do? Well, of course, I have choices. Sometimes my choice might be to turn on the television and watch some kind of silly show on Netflix. Okay, sometimes I do that. But the data is clear that that is not going to bring me joy. And there are some other options that are proven to bring me joy. For example, if in that frame of mind, I got home and I exercised or I called a friend, the data is clear that I would be happier than if I just watch a show on TV. But the problem is in order to do those things, which I know based on fact and data will make me happier, in order for me to do those things rather than what my mind tells me, I have to fight my intuition and that's hard. Another element to this that she talks about, and many, many sources discuss this, is that a tremendous source of joy in our lives is being connected to social structures, chief among them religious structures. Being involved in a religion, in religious activity, brings joy. She says, There's a lot of evidence that religious people, for example, are happier in a sense of life satisfaction and positive emotion in the moment. But here's what's really interesting. She points out that the research suggests that it's not because of our beliefs. Let's say we believe in God, we have spiritual beliefs, that are the basis of our religion, for example? Of course, from our point of view, yes, those things are critical. Having a sense of God's presence in our lives, connecting to God, of course. But from the point of view of the data of what leads to happiness, it's not so much what you believe, it's what you do. It's your actions. If you spend time meditating, so, okay, So for many of us, that's prayer serves that role, but you could do it in a variety of ways or spending time volunteering or simply with a social connection coming to shul. The act of coming to shul, the act of being with others, the act of connecting to others, the act of clearing our minds and meditating, those actions lead to joy. Yes, of course, from our point of view, the ideal is to come to shul and to pray and to study and to connect with God in addition to others, but in terms of the joy in our lives that can be scientifically demonstrated that comes from simply showing up and connecting with others one of the pitfalls especially in our day that is an obstacle to joy is social media instagram in particular is known to be a an offender of this in the sense that it leads to the capacity for negative comparison. I look through my feed and I see this person is having a perfect vacation and that person is having a perfect meal and this person has a perfect family. And I see all these perfect people doing these perfect things. And I think to myself, I don't have that. I can't do that. I'm not able to to appreciate that. It's one of the biggest obstacles we have to achieving joy in our day. So here's what she says to her class. The first thing she says is, if you want to be happy in life, delete all your apps right now. (laughs) Then she watches the faces of her students. They just completely shut down. You know, what do you mean delete my app? But then she says, okay, all right, don't delete them all, but pay attention to this acronym. And the acronym is WWW, which does not only stand for World Wide Web. WWW stands for what for, why now, and what else. In other words, Before you pick up your phone or look at your computer, ask yourself these three questions. What for? What is the purpose that I'm looking at this app at Facebook, at um, Twitter, at uh, Instagram, at any one of these things? What is the purpose that I'm doing it? The second question to ask yourself is, why am I doing it now? Am I doing it now because I'm bored or I'm anxious or I'm doing it now because there is some important purpose? There's some constructive purpose. Forget about important. Constructive purpose. That's why I'm checking it now. And the third question is, what else? What else could I be doing instead of engaging with social media? Because? For everything in life, there is an opportunity cost, which means any activity I'm engaged in means that I'm missing the opportunity to engage in something else. What is the opportunity cost of the time that I spend on social media? I could be talking to somebody in person. I could be resting. I could be focusing. I could be engaged in something that would bring me more joy. And she says, based on observing her students at Yale, she says that the biggest problem with social media that she sees is that people think that when they're on social media, they're being social. Rather, than talking to other people in person. We're not always making good use of the humans around us when we are with another person, but we're looking at our phone or looking, checking our messages or looking at a computer. We're not making use of the joy that other human beings can bring us. Finally, I want to add one more element from a different source, Rabbi Yoni Lavi, was a teacher in Israel. And he made the following observation. He said, if you look around, you notice that children argue with each other, but very often they make up. Whereas adults, when they argue, have the capacity to perpetuate their arguments for hours, days, weeks, even years. What's the difference between children and adults? It's not a difference in getting upset. It's not a difference in arguing. The difference, he says, is that for a child, it's more important to be joyful, while for an adult, it's more important to be right. So a child wants to be joyful and understands intuitively that arguing makes joy impossible. So they're able to pursue their priority of joy and let go of the arguing. Adults, on the other hand, want to be right And therefore, we pursue that priority even when it takes us away from joy. And here's the key, that we as parents and grandparents can teach our children to pursue lives where the priority is joy. And one of the most effective ways that we can do that is to model it for our children, for our grandchildren, for others around us. And the way to do that is by asking ourselves the following question. When we're engaged in whatever activity it is, ask yourself, how do I look when I am doing this? How do I appear to someone who is watching me When I do this, how do I look to someone else on Shabbos? How do I look to someone else when I'm preparing for Shabbos? How do I experience a mitzvah, a holiday? It could be lighting Hanukkah candles. It could be cleaning for Pesach. How do I demonstrate a sense of enthusiasm and a sense of adventure so that someone who is watching me, because remember, our children, our grandchildren, they're always watching us and they're always learning from us. Everyone is watching us and learning from us. So I need to ask myself this question. How do I look to them while I am doing this? And he concludes by saying, I want children not to want to leave the Friday night Shabbos dinner table because they're having so much fun, because of the laughter and joy all around them, because whoever is not there is missing out. That's why I want them not to be absent from the Shabbos table, not because I've made it a rule not because I'm imposing it, but because I demonstrate by the way that I look to others who watch me, how much joy it brings. It's work and requires conscious, ongoing effort. But living a life perfused with joy is within our grasp. And now, this month, Adar, is the time to do that work. My friends, I want to wish you a great day. Make it a great day. Make it a day filled with joy. And I look forward to seeing all of you soon in person.